Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Episode 90 of the Talking Fires podcast. Your host, Ben Fadden, here today. Wasn't really planning on doing this episode because we have the Tyson Ross uh, interview coming up tomorrow. Former Padres opening day starter. So that'll be fun to talk to him. Um, but... I did have a mailbag question that did come in, and so I wanted to address that. Uh, we have not gotten any updates as of I'm recording right now about any CBA meeting that was supposed to happen today. So maybe that comes down later. Um, but I did want to address the mailbag question regarding a possible Hosmer deal and then answer uh, Dennis Lynn and the Athletics fan survey that they posted earlier today. Kind of give you my thoughts on how I answered it. Uh, and see if you agree or not. So let's get right to it. The first mailbag question, or the only mailbag question uh, that I did receive earlier today that I wanted to get to was from Taylor at T underscore Mac underscore 11. Um, for the YouTube audience, you'll see the tweet right here. So he says, at Ben Fadden, Thoughts on a Kansas City deal that would send Eric Hosmer and a prospect package for Whit Merrifield or a buy-low guy in Andrew Benintendi, who both can play the outfield, maybe pull on the Kansas City heartstrings for Eric Hosmer, that a reunion is what he needs. And so he's saying that maybe Kansas City thinks that a reunion to Kansas City is what the, uh, Hosmer needs to kind of get back on how he played when he was with Kansas City. Um, now, I, I like obviously, you know, getting rid of Hosmer like that. Um, and I think Kansas City could land him with that emotional tie like that. And they don't really have like a firm 
future at first base. You know, they have Carlos Santana, I believe, there right now on like a one-year deal or something, but that's not, that could be tradable. That could be used in a DH spot or whatever. That's not like totally uh, like, you know, years and years down the line is what, you know, that he's going to be their first baseman. Um, But what I'd be fine, so I'd be fine giving up Hosmer. Uh, I'd be fine giving up Camposano and another lower level prospect, uh, like you mentioned. So Hosmer and a prospect package. So Camposano, I'd be fine with including in that um, as long as Kansas City would, you know, be willing to take on some of Hosmer's uh, salary because we're giving them an elite catching prospect. Um, So, and, you know, Kansas City side, it works for them. It works because, you know, Salvador Perez, he isn't going to be there forever. I know he signed an extension, um, but they could groom Campistano and have him ready to fully take over for Salvador Perez or maybe catch some games so Salvador Perez can uh, stay healthy, be a DH a little bit, um, and they could kind of just groom Campistano to be the catcher of the future in Kansas City. So, you know, you could make the argument that it works for them. Uh, now, Taylor mentions a prospect package for Merrifield or a buy-low guy in Benintendi. Now, my problem with Merrifield or Benintendi, first, let's go over the positives, right? Benintendi, he's a pretty good left fielder. Uh, Merrifield, he's like Machado, plays every day. In fact, plays more than Machado. He's played every game the last three years. I looked on his baseball reference page earlier today. He, he obviously led the league in games played because you can't play more games than there are in the regular season. He's played every game from 2019, 2020, and last year. So he's extremely durable. Um, But now more to the negatives. Merrifield, he's someone that doesn't hit for a lot of power, right? And if the Padres, in terms of additions that they need post-lockout, and so I'm assuming this deal would happen before the season starts, maybe in the deadline, they can reevaluate, and maybe this is a possibility. Um, But... I'm assuming this proposal is post-lockout before the season starts. And before the season starts, the Padres' biggest need is a free agent outfield. Well, it doesn't have to be a free agent, but a power outfield bat, right? And that's not what Benintendi or Merrifield is. Now, Taylor made the point, both could play the outfield, and I understand that. Uh, But Merrifield, he's not a power bat. Yes, I like that he's durable. He steals bases. Uh, hits for average pretty well, but that's not really what the Padres need, right? They, you know, Adam Frazier hit for average and that didn't work out. He he came here, didn't really hit for average. Then on top of it, had no power. Um, I was looking up on their baseball reference pages. The most home runs what Merrifield's hit in a season was 19 in 2017. So, you know, Benintendi, the most home runs he's hit in a season is 20. And that was also in 2017. So those are a while away, a, a long time ago, uh, that those career home run years happened. Um, and so Tommy Pham hit 15 home runs last year. It's like, might as well, if you're going to do that, might as well keep Camposano an elite catching prospect. And, uh, you know, you just bring Tommy Pham back on a, you know, one year, $7 million deal or something. Um, if, you know, that's probably like worst case scenario. And I don't think Padre fans want Tommy Pham starting in the outfield uh, this year. So the Padres, they need power outfield bats, someone like a Castellanos, a Brian, a Schwarber, a Nelson Cruz for a DH spot, someone like that. 
that should be their higher priority than a hit for average guy, a low power guy like a Benintendi or a Merrifield. I like the players. Um, if the Padres had more power or if they weren't experiencing, you know, down seasons from a Grisham like last year, or they had a first baseman who was actually giving them uh, more than like a zero war like Hosmer is. And while, you know, you might say, you could say, hey, Ben, well, they're giving up Hosmer, right? Isn't that what we want? That's true. Um, but I'd, I'd also, I'd still just looking at it. If you're going to give up Hosmer and you're going to give up an elite catching prospect, I'd rather um, get a power outfield bat in return than trade for someone that can play the outfield, but it's, they're already like a Tommy Pham type bat in terms of, you know, home run power and all that. So I don't know. It, it could work. It could work again. I think they could reevaluate, you know, at the trade deadline or something. Um, but I, I think Kansas city, while they would probably say yes, you know, the fans, they get Hosmer back. I know Mirafield they like, um, but he is over 30. Um, ben Intendi, that was already, that was only going to be like a one or two year investment anyway. Uh, after down years in Boston, I think Kansas city might be willing to say yes. Cause they do get Camposano uh, who now who still, I believe has six years of control left when he reaches the majors. Um, but the, for the, if I was the Preller, I'd probably say no to this deal just because I'm just not so in on, you know, acquiring a Benintendi, um, just the power. I want power in that left field spot. Um, I'd be more willing to do it if they did have a power bat or like a Fran Reyes or a Hunter Renfro already there as, you know, that backup option. But right now in the outfield, all they have is Profar, uh, Jorge Alfaro, who's not even an outfielder, but he can play left, I guess, Myers and Grisham. Myers, 15, 20 homer guy. Grisham, maybe that, you know, but I don't think you're banking on that um, after a down year last year. And then Pham hit 15 home runs last year. They need like a 25 to 30 home run guy like a Bryant or a Castellanos has shown that they can do in the past. So that's what that's what I would lean towards is making sure we get that power bat. And if they do, I'd be more open to this deal. So thank you, Taylor, for sending in that question. Now moving to the Padres fan survey that the athletic conducted or posted today uh, that Dennis Lynn wrote. Just asking fans about the broadcast, about the team in general, the team's direction. And so I figured, why not answer these questions? Uh, right now, just so you guys know my opinion, we can maybe have a back and forth in the comments about if you agree about the way that the direction of the franchise is going. Uh, so let's get to it. These are my answers. I've already answered uh, the survey. Haven't pressed submit yet, but here are my answers to it. Again, this was written this morning by Dennis Lynn, just asking some questions. First one, how confident are you that the Padres are headed in the right direction? I said very confident. Um, you know, some people might say somewhat confident because they don't know what's going to happen this offseason. They don't know if Preller, uh, the rest of the offseason, excuse me, they don't know if Preller is going to end up trading Hosmer and then they'll be more confident in the direction. Maybe they, you know, see some of Preller's moves that haven't worked out. Um, but in terms of what I've seen thus far and assuming that 
you know, all indications they're going to get a power outfield bat. Might not be Castellanos or a Bryant, but it might be a Suzuki, a Saya Suzuki, who I'm referring to. It might be a Schwarber, but I feel like they're going to get someone. And then I'm really basing this off of, you know, they, they did get some good bullpen arms in Luis Garcia and Robert Suarez. Those guys seem like good arms. Uh, I, I like the Adam Frazier deal uh, just because Frazier didn't work. And I like Ray Kerr possibly coming out of the bullpen. Uh, and a big part in this decision saying that I'm very confident is the coaching staff that AJ and the Padres uh, constructed. Bob Melvin, absolutely love it. Again, he was not on the list of guys, of candidates, because he was with the A's. No one thought that he was going to jump ship and go to, or excuse me, he didn't really, but the A's let him jump ship and said, hey, maybe if you want to go try to win a World Series, go there. We'll let you go there because we're going to go into rebuild mode in a small market. Um, So the coaching staff is well-rounded, like I discussed on an earlier episode. Uh, They have young guys like Michael Berdara's hitting coach. They have older veterans who have been managers before. Just on the coaching staff under Bob Melvin, like Matt Williams, they have Ryan Christensen as the bench coach, so they have the chemistry there. There's not going to be any, uh, you know, get-to-know-each-other process that might, you know, interfere with game decisions. So I like the way that the offseason's heading. I like, uh, and I want to implement, I want to, you know, take into account what he did with the additions of Musgrove, Snell, Darvish, Clevenger in the past, you know, because I, I think that those guys are going to be healthy um, at some point. And I think that you can't, I don't think it's, at least maybe that's just me being glass half full, but I don't think that these injuries are going to happen again. I think that some of them are you just it just does every year but i think that you i think you just got to hope that the whole pitching staff doesn't go down like it did last year and the padres will be in a much better situation uh, and hopefully fernando can stay healthy with the shoulder uh, next question at this time last year how confident were you about the direction of the padres i said somewhat confident uh because if you remember at this time last year, they still had Jace Tingler, but I was confident because they were coming off a playoff appearance. Um, and I'm not, I believe that they had acquired Darvish, Snow, and Musgrove at the time. So I was confident in the team, but I was somewhat confident. I, I, I wasn't very confident. I was somewhat because I knew that the Dodgers were probably a better team than us. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't taking effect that the account that the Giants were going to be that good. So that wasn't even in, in my decision making, but. I was somewhat confident because I knew that the Dodgers were probably still better. Um, obviously, they got Bauer. We knew how that worked out. But um, I thought the Dodgers were better. And I wasn't too sure about the bullpen, which ended up being pretty strong. Uh, but there was some injuries that you wish didn't have happened. Didn't happen, right? Uh, Drew Pomerantz is a big one, right? He's he's like an under two ERA guy when he stays healthy. But he doesn't stay healthy all the time. And you can't count on him to stay healthy. Denelson Lamette, I wasn't sure about him. And that ended up being unfortunate as well. He ended up not working out last year. He couldn't really stay healthy. Um, so I was the only reason why I wasn't very confident or the only reasons uh, was you weren't really sure if it was going to hold up the, the entire year. Um, and the bullpen kind of concerned me a little bit. Uh, I wasn't really taking into consideration that the lineup was just going to stop driving in runs halfway through the year. 
Um, but so I, I wasn't very confident just because of the division and some other things, but I was somewhat confident. Uh, how would you grade the job AJ Preller has done since the start of the 2020 season is the next question. I gave him, I'd give him a B. Uh, I know some people probably give him a C, especially with that Austin Nola deal that didn't really work out. And it, that that's still in progress, right? Uh, but right now, you know, trading Ty France and seeing the season he had, Andres Munoz is going to come back. Taylor Trammell could have been maybe a starting outfielder uh, in the future and have been on the roster last year at some point and be on the roster this year and at least be some position of depth, at least on the bench. And they wouldn't have had to maybe trade for Nick Marke- uh Nick Markakis, excuse me, Jake Mariznick, because uh, that deal didn't make sense. Um the reason why I do give it a B is because I still believe in the Snell, Musgrove, and Darvish trades. Again, I don't think that Snell and Darvish are going to not stay healthy uh, for that much of a big chunk of the year. They might not stay healthy at some point, but I don't expect them to, one, Snell just stink it up the first half and then have a good month, a really dominant month, and then unfortunately get hurt at Dodger Stadium. And I don't expect Darvish to just have an injury plague second half. I, I just expect them to stay healthier. Uh, I like the Clevenger deal, um, you know, because you got to account that in as well. I think he can bounce back. And so I'm accounting those deals. I don't want to just only look at one deal. Um, so that's, I, I give him a B because I think he has upgraded the roster. Um, the Mark Melanson deal last year was really good. I know that they didn't bring him back. Uh, but in terms of just that signing, that has to give Preller a boost. Um, and I think you have to put an, into account that it's not just trades and transactions. It's about hiring and firings, right? He fired his friend. He let him go. Maybe he didn't want to let him go, but he ended up doing it. He made the hard decision. Um, and he brought in a really well-rounded coaching staff, like I mentioned. So I put it all under effect. I'm not giving him A because I don't like the I didn't like the Austin Nola deal. That obviously hasn't turned out well, but I do think he has improved the roster. He's improved the coaching staff. He's put in a right the the right leader in that manager position, and we'll see where it goes. The next question on the athletic survey: uh, How would you grade the hiring of Bob Melvin? I mentioned this already, so I won't spend too much time on it. I gave it an A. Uh, this was someone that wasn't on anyone's list of candidates because he was with the A's. But this guy, you know, there were rumors about, you know, their interest in Bochy or Showalter or Ron Washington, someone like that, uh, Mike Shosha or Ozzie Guillen. Those guys have veteran manager experience, and that's what I wanted. That's what most fans wanted. Uh, but I think this is even better than that, to be quite honest, because Melvin has the managing experience. He has the experience of not just leading super teams, but he has the experience of leading teams in Oakland that have, he had to make more out of less. He had to make he had to make the postseason, which he did consistently in that wild card spot these last few years. I know last year didn't really work out, but with a lower payroll, less resources, a less talented rotation, and he's he's had a good use of the bullpen. And the bullpen wasn't great in Oakland, if I remember. It was a lot of one year deals. So hopefully he can continue that. Um, and I think that, you know, along with Bob Melvin, I think you have to attach the Matt Williams and the Ryan Christensen. He brought those guys with. And so that kind of tells you how much they like Bob Melvin 
that they were willing to go with. Uh, so I'd give it an A. Um, Bob Melvin, he doesn't have just managing experience, but he has the analytics experience, the present managing baseball experience that Buck Showalter with the Mets doesn't have. So I, I like this move. Uh, next question, how would you grade Peter Seidler and the Padres ownership group since the start of 2020? I gave it a B. Um, I gave it a B because I think you do have to factor in that they they probably, I, I don't know, I don't have the sources, but they probably went up to Perla and say, hey, you got to get rid of Tingler. I know he's your friend, but you got to get rid of him. Um, you got to factor in that they're willing, that they were willing to add to payroll. Uh, they were willing to add to payroll, whether it was the Clevenger, the NOLA deals. Um, you know, they were w- willing to sign off on those moves. Um, they had the confidence to bring in Bob Melvin and make that splashy move. Uh, I think you have to, um, you know, come into it, you know, take into account with Peter Seidler and the ownership group that they're just that they've been willing to, they've been willing to invest in this group. Uh, they added the payroll. I think they had the second highest payroll at the end of last year. I know it hasn't worked out, but they were, they gave $340 million to Fernando Tatis Jr. and locked him up. So you real, that's a big factor in my decision. Uh, you know, to give them a B uh, because, you know, some owners maybe weren't, wouldn't be willing to do that. A guy that hasn't stayed healthy. I didn't really like the timing of it, but I do give credit to them willing to cash, put that money uh, on that contract to Fernando and just say, Hey, you're the guy we believe in you and send the message to us fans that, Hey, we're serious about winning. We want this guy to have a statue, you know, in Gallagher Square with Tony Gwynn one day uh, and Trevor Hoffman there. So I, I I think a B is is nice for – that's the grade that I would put. Uh, I The reason I would not give them an A um, is probably because – now, again, I don't have the sources, but I didn't like the trade deadline, you know, not getting anyone. I know that's not really them, but it is – they could have said, told Preller, hey, you know, go get a Max Scherzer. You know, I, I know that that was a prospect thing, but say, and maybe they were willing to say this, I don't know, but say that, you know, we're willing to add to payroll, go get anyone. You know, we want to win. We want to turn this around. So that's where I would nick them a little bit. Um, but overall, I'll, I'm going to give it a B because, so I, I can't, I know it's a little confusing. I keep going back and forth, but I'd give, I'm not going to give it an A because there have been some negatives, but it's a B because most of them are positives. They're moving in the right direction, and I like that. Um, next question, what are your realistic expectations for the Padres in 2022? I said wildcard team, I'm a, and I'm doing this assuming that they get a power outfield bat, um, and they, they notice the question is realistic, right? Uh, maybe I wasn't too realistic last year. I, I think I predicted them to win the division. Uh, obviously, injuries happened and a lot happened there, but my expectations with Bob Melvin, I think they're a playoff team. I don't know if I want to put them in front of the Dodgers right now because the Dodgers still, we still have to see what the lockout is. This is probably a better question, you know, going into spring training. Um, but they're at least a wild card team. These questions that I answered, I wanted to not 
I wanted to go into it kind of as a glass half empty a little bit just to put just kind of be more realistic about it and be like really fair. So do I believe they can win the division? Yeah, of course I do. I think they're talented. Again, I don't think that all of those injuries are going to happen again. I think Manny and Tatis are going to have MVP caliber years and we'll see what happens at first base. I think Grisham can bounce back. I see a lot of positive things in this team, Uh, but I want to be, you know, realistic and know that, hey, they're still the Dodgers. You still have to respect the Dodgers. They're still in the division. So wildcard team is what I uh, put there. What division opponent worries you more? Just mentioned this, the Dodgers. Don't expect the Giants to uh, have another great year. They're losing Posey. They lost uh, Gosman to the Blue Jays. Um, They're bringing back veterans, but I don't don't really expect that veteran team to stay healthy all year again. Uh, Props to Gabe Kapler and what he did last year. And what he's going to continue to do with, you know, the diversity in the staff with Alyssa Nacken, that female coach, props to them, uh, props to the Giants organization. But I don't think that they're going to have, you know, a 107 win season again. Next question. Do you trust that ownership will maintain a top five payroll? Yes. I think that they're going to sign a power heading outfielder. I think Bryant or Castellanos, I think they're going to go hard after them. And I mean, shoot, they already had a top two payroll last year. Uh, and they didn't even go to the playoffs. And I think not going to the playoffs is going to make this ownership group, Seidler and Fowler, even more uh, willing to keep paying because, you know, they really want to get to the postseason and bring some excitement to the city and go win a World Series. So I do trust that a top five payroll is going to happen, especially when they were top two last year. Uh, and not making the playoffs, I think, will be a big motivational factor for the team to be willing to put give the okay to Preller to go spend on a Castellanos or a Bryant. I would rather spend on a Bryant, but that's another topic for another day as well. Uh, next question, last season's collapse was what? I said an aberration. The Padres had awful luck, especially with injuries. You could say concerning. I was going to lean towards concerning, but not entirely shocking. Uh, but to me, it was shocking. Like, I didn't expect the second half collapse to be literally that big of a collapse like they had a five or six game wild card game lead like you don't expect that with that talent those names on that roster to just evaporate like that I get the Cardinals won what 20 games or whatever they or 17 games or whatever whatever that streak was that they went on so they deserved the playoff spot but the Padres certainly didn't help their cause and I mentioned it earlier a big part of that collapse was injuries Snell was pitching amazing I know the season is pretty much over but he was pitching absolutely amazing and then he got hurt Darvish was an all-star in the first half he got hurt dealt with injuries Musgrove was pitching great stayed healthy Um, and then injuries just happened you know and that's unfortunate and hopefully and when that many injuries happen I just don't see that repeating itself again Considering that they're getting back more guys as well that didn't pitch like year, last year, like a Mike Clevenger. So I'm leading towards, I guess I'm going back and forth between glass half full and glass half empty. Glass half full here, I think that that was an aberration. And they'll come back and have a better playoff caliber year next season in 2022 uh, after this lockout ends. Next question, what position do you most want to see the Padres upgrade this offseason? I've said it before. I'll keep saying it. Outfield. 
power outfield bat. I mentioned it in that trade hypothetical by Taylor and earlier on, on Twitter. Uh, outfield. I get first base is probably going to be a consensus maybe for player uh, for fans because they just hate Hosmer. Um, but I think that they can still survive in the infield if they don't trade Hosmer. And even if they bench Hosmer, you have Cronenworth at first and you have Profar Kim who play pretty good defense at second base. That's not the end of the world. I think it's more important to bring in a power outfield bat that'll be here for years to come, more than two years, like an Olsen deal would happen. Um, that's more important to me, especially when they don't really have many, they just don't have many options in the outfield. They have options in the infield. They don't have options in the outfield. They just need got they just need players, bodies in the outfield. Outfield is the bigger position of need. Catcher and bullpen aren't even shouldn't even really be options to be quite honest. Catcher, they have four catchers right now. They're not going to really upgrade there. They already acquired Jorge Alfaro. In the bullpen, they've pretty much done their work there. I think I, I I wanted to bring back Melanson, but they didn't let him go to the Diamondbacks. But they did bring in quality arms. It seems like acquired the minor leaguer Ray Kerr. You could see Kevin Copps come up at some point. Um, you never know if Lamette's going to be in the bullpen, and it's really about guys staying healthy, right? They, I do like the acquisitions of Garcia from the Cardinals and Robert Suarez. Um, maybe Paddock or Weathers goes in the bullpen at some point, but it's about staying healthy, keeping Lamette healthy, keeping Pomerantz healthy, keeping the back end of that bullpen healthy. And hopefully Emilio Pagan can flush what happened at the end of 2021 and be better. Um, next question, what should the Padres do with Eric Hosmer? I said, hang on to him. Um, I know people are going to want to trade him, but I don't think – I think a lot of teams, they have the leverage over the Padres. Everyone knows that the Padres want to do Eric Cosmer. It's been widely reported by multiple people. They're trying to trade him. They tried to trade him at the deadline, and it didn't work out. They're going to try to trade him post-lockout, I would think. And because people know that they're going to try to trade him, the Padres don't have much leverage, you know? Other teams are going to be – you know, commanding Robert Hassel III, or they're, of course, they're going to ask about C.J. Abrams or Mackenzie Gore. They'll, I think other teams, will, they'll be okay with Camposano, but they're going to go for the moon. And I think the Padres aren't Preller. And if I was Preller, I wouldn't want to go for the moon. Uh, I wouldn't want to, excuse me, trade the moon or trade the farm, as some say, just to get rid of Hosmer. Um, hopefully, Michael Bedard can help Hosmer at some point. Uh, I'm not so open to Hosmer being the everyday first baseman. But like I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, the Padres have options in the infield. I know you're taking away power if you put Kim at second or if you put Profar at second, but hopefully they get that power can come from a bounce back year from Grisham. Myers can stay healthy and they have a power hitting outfield bat and a DH uh, in the lineup to add to Manny and Tatis and Cronenworth. So I think you're giving, I think, Giving up those pros, those top prospects that are going to be major leaguers, I wouldn't want to do. Um, I would think about it. The only way I would think about it is if it's only Camposano and another prospect that doesn't include Abrams, Hassel. Um, Abrams, yeah, Abrams, Hassel, and Gore. I'd, I'd give up Gore, but not if it's Camposano and Gore. If it's one or the other and then an Ethan Elliott, someone like that, I'd be willing to do that. But I'm I'm going under this assumption under this question that teams are going to be asking for the moon, and I just say no. I'd I'd reevaluate uh, at the deadline. Um, 
What should the Padres do with Will Myers is the next question asked here on this survey. Um, I would reevaluate what to do at the, closer at the trade deadline. I initially said keep him before letting him walk in free agency after the season, but I'm going to say reevaluate. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to trade him. I want him to stay here. Um, but now, go, if this was you know the same circumstances in hindsight, um, you know next or excuse me, last year, right? And let's say this survey was last year and Myers only had one year and he was a free agent this off season. I would have said, um, keep him before letting him walk just because of the expectations. I didn't know the team was going to collapse. But now that I know that, you know, the injuries can happen, right? We, we you know, the proof of the, is in the pudding last year, uh, 2021. I, I don't want to close the door on trading him when he has one year and you could get a prospect back in return uh, at the deadline, if things do go uh, south, so I would reevaluate, but I, I definitely lean towards keep letting him walk in free agency uh, after you keep him and just let him let him write out this contract, longest tenured Padre. Hopefully, they they make the Padre the playoffs, excuse me, and they just give him a chance to go win a World Series for San Diego. He's been a good guy. Uh, and it seems like as a teammate in the clubhouse. So uh, I'm a fan of Will and I, I want to keep him. Um, which prospect are you most excited to see at Petco? CJ Abrams is no doubt for me. I like Hassel. I want to see Gore because that means that Gore's in the major leagues, right? He's not pitching in those prospect games against the Rangers. He's at, he's in the big leagues. He's pitching in regular season games. So that I'd like to see Gore obviously, because that means that, you know, Things are really trending in the right direction. And Preller and the uh, prospect guys, they believe in him. Um, but Abrams, in terms of excitement, there's no doubt it's Abrams. This guy's been hyped since he was drafted, uh, since he like went on that big, long hitting streak. And I think Ricky Ball right, right out of the draft, he impressed in spring training. I know he got hurt last year. But this guy, people are comparing him to, to be a miniature Fernando Tatis Jr., just someone that's not as big as Fernando is. Um, uh, it's him. He has so he's a he's a five tool player, and four, but with sneaky power. I think you know he can run. He's a good fielder. I think he has an arm. That's why I mean, or else why would they de be debating him in center field? Um, this guy can do everything, and I'm excited to see him. And there's no doubt he's going to be in the big league. So. I can't wait to see him. Next question. Who will the Padres most effective starting pitcher be in 2022? Who will it be? I said Blake Snell. Musgrove's an option for me. I'm not going to pick Clevenger because of his health. I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. Uh, but if he is, that's a good sign. Darvish, I stayed away from because of the health as well. You could still say the same thing about Snell. But Snell was the groin. That wasn't like the back or anything that I feel like you could continuously injure while pitching with the torque and everything. I feel like that was a one-off thing. Uh, and the way Snell looked, man, the way Snell looked that month before he got hurt, if he can pitch to somewhat of that level the whole year next year, he stayed pretty healthy through his career. He showed it in Tampa. Man, he's going to be a Cy Young candidate and will definitely be the most effective starting pitcher. There's no doubt about it. Um, next question. You get one wish among hitters, which free agent or trade candidate would you most like to see the Padres at? I said Chris Bryant. Anyone that's listened to me and watched me on YouTube, they know I'm a big fan of Bryant. Went to USD, 
loves Rose Donuts here uh, by USD. He's a San. He loved it here. Um, Jesse Rogers was on Extra thirteen sixty the other day and told John and Jim that um, he he's always expected Bryant to be a Padre at some point. Uh, by the way, I did go on John and Jim. You can look up that on the Talking Fires Twitter account, the video, or on the Instagram of one of the hypothetical Matt Olson deals they were discussing. I gave my opinion on that, so you can check that out. But back to this question. Chris Bryant's the guy for me. Castellanos, Olson, Suzuki, Schwarber, Brian Reynolds, Nelson Cruz, those are the other options the Athletic gave me. But Bryant is for me. I like the versatility. He's a good defender. He can play center, can play all three outfield positions, can play first, can play third, probably could play short. Uh, with the shift and everything, can play second probably. Um, I mean, this guy, he's had a track record of, you know, being able to consistently hit, consistently produce offensively. The power numbers are pretty good. Um, and I know Castellanos had a better year last year, but for, there's just something um, with Bryant. You know, he can DH as well. Castellanos can't do all the things Bryant can. Um, and I think Bryant might come cheaper than Castellanos, to be honest, because he didn't have as great of a year as Castellanos did last year. And I think the big game factor is a thing as well. Uh, you know, Bryant's played in the World Series and played in postseason with the Cubs, played in the postseason last year with the Giants. Hit it, I think I, I know he hit at least one home run there. So the big games experience that Castellanos doesn't really have or as much as recently uh, is a factor for me as well. So I'm all in on Bryant. Um, and that's my that would be definitely be my one wish. All right, for pitchers, you get one wish among pitchers. Which trade candidate would you most like to see the Padres at? I said Sean Manaya of these options, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Josh Hader are the other options. I said Sean Manaya. Um, I'm not too in on any of these guys, to be quite honest, because I think that. I like where the Padres rotation is, and I don't see the Padres adding to the rotation with Nick Martinez probably coming on because they had an agreement right before the lockout at four years and 20 million. So I'm not too in on any of these guys just because there's just, I just don't see from at least Preller's point of view, I don't see why the focus should be adding starting pitching. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to say on this. I just wouldn't even really add any of these guys. They're good pitchers, but excuse me. They're good pitchers, but I just, I don't know. I I think I'd ride with the rotation or make some back of the rotation options. But these guys are more like front end middle rotation guys. And I, I like where the Padres starting rotation is. But if there is one Shamanaya, I like the upside that he has, you know, the upper 90s fastball uh, coming from the left side. So you have some versatility there, righties, lefties in the rotation. I'd go with Manaya. He is, I still think he's the best starter on the A staff. I know Bassett had a good year last year, but I think Manaya would be the option for me in that scenario. Uh, what level of confidence in Fernando Tatis Jr.'s health in 2022 do you have after he opted against shoulder surgery? I said somewhat confident. I was leaning towards unsure, definitely not very confident. Um, I said somewhat because he did stay relatively healthy after the subluxations. You know, when he moved to the outfield, he was doing the shoulder strengthening exercises. 
but I'm not very confident because I would have opted because he didn't have the surgery. I would have opted for the surgery. I know that maybe that would have limited some range of motion and some things that he his God gifted ability allows him to do um, and how flexible he is and all and all that, how athletic he is. But I'm not going to say very confident because he just didn't have the surgery. And when you don't have the surgery, it's more likely that those subluxations. So therefore, IL stints continue. So I'd go somewhat confident there. Uh, next one here from The Athletic. What's your level of confidence that Manny Machado will still be a San Diego Padre after the 2023 season when he can opt out of his contract? I said very confident. Um, maybe some fans might opt somewhat confident because maybe Manny wants to go to Miami or whatever, or be somewhere else that uh, might be more willing to pay him on a shorter term contract than the 10 year, the 10 years that the Padres gave him. Um, but I'm saying very confident because I think that the way that the Padres direction is going with Bob Melvin as the manager, and I think Fernando's only going to get better. I think that the Padres are ascending and by that 2023 mark, hopefully they've been uh, to an NLCS at least. I mean, cause that would, if they haven't, that's going to be disappointing. Um, and hopefully they've won a world series. And if they have, then I, maybe he goes, but I think he enjoys it in San Diego. And I think that he enjoys being Fernando's teammate and, he enjoys, you know, being loved by the Padres and not hated, kind of feels like like he is by the national media. Um, I'm confident because I think that the team, when that contract's up, or when the, excuse me, not when the contract's up, but when the opt-out is up, is, you know, has arrived, the Padres are going to be in contention. It's going to be like an Aaron Rodgers situation right now. Like, well, where else are you going to be that's better? So that's where I'm very confident. How would you rate Bally Sports San Diego's broadcast? I said a four. Um, yeah, I said a four. Now, I wanted to say a five just because we're, if we're talking about Don and Mud, right? I know that, you know, we love Don and Mud here at Talking Friars and Padres Twitter does as well. Don and Mud, if you're listening, can't wait to hopefully talk to you guys at some point. Uh, I said four. The reason I, I said I didn't say five. Um, is because I think that, well, I'll probably say five here. Let's change it to five. Yeah. Let's change it to five. Cause I do like Bob Scanlon. Um, and I'm only taking into account the game broadcast. Um, so I know some people don't like Sweeney and all that, but I'm taking into account the game broadcast. I was saying four, cause I was like, well, they should bring in Ken Rosenthal to be the, one of the sideline reporters, you know? But now that I think about it, I do like Scan. He does bring some pretty good, um, you know, expertise, you know, pitching wise and all that. And he's done it here for a while. So I do like Scan. So I'll do say five. Uh, excuse me. I will say five. Uh, but maybe I was just joking around a little bit with the four, you know, thinking that, you know, they could have Ken Rosenthal. And that would be like a World Series broadcast with Mud, Don and Ken. But. Uh, that's not going to happen, but um, I'd say I'd say five. I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with it. Uh, yeah. Next, how would you rate Padres radio broadcast? I said five. Um, I would say four because I want Ted Leitner there, but 
you know, I know that they can't control that. Um, I would try to improve the pregame and postgame shows a little bit, not just be one person there, uh, you know, and just playing the manager press conference. But so I'm more of a fan of the Padres wrap up show with John and Jim after the game. Um, so, but in terms of the in-game radio broadcast, I'm giving it a five. I like Tony. Obviously, I like Jesse. Jesse is so knowledgeable. Notes. We've had him on two times already. Such a nice guy. Uh, I like Jesse. Love listening to his home run calls when he gets pumped up. And just his voice definitely changes a little bit. Um, I like him trying to implement Ben and Woods' phrases in there during the games every week. So I had rated a five. Again, I'm I'm satisfied with both broadcasts. Um, describe your feelings on the state of the team and its future in one sentence. This is the last sentence, uh, last question here. I said the franchise is headed in the right direction, uh, but there's still work to do post lockout if they want to be a real World Series contender. Um, real World Series contenders, excuse me. Um, look, the Padres, they're in a good position right now. I've mentioned it before. I'll mention it now with Fernando. Uh, obviously, the rotation seems hopefully he's going to stay healthy. You have Manny, Cronenworth. You have all-stars in that lineup. Hopefully, they get a power outfield bat. I like Bob Melvin and the coaching staff. They're headed in the right direction. I really like that the ownership is willing to do with Peter Seidler, is you know willing to spend money. So it's headed to the right direction. But right now, as it stands during the lockout, there still are moves to be made if they want to be a contender this uh, this season. And it all starts with getting a power outfield bat. So let me know how you answered these questions on a survey. Again, credit to the athletic, credit to Dennis Lynch for putting this survey out. I enjoyed, you know, giving me, giving you guys the responses. Uh, let me know how you'd answer these questions. Again, at Talking Fires, Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching the video version right now. Again, Tyson Ross will, is scheduled to come on the show tomorrow former Padre starting pitcher, so we'll catch up with him. Uh, and thank you so much for listening and watching. Until next time, let's go Padres. And we will see you tomorrow. Thank you so much.